Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Howdy, folks. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. Uh, we have lots to discuss. A lot of news this morning uh, stemming from a comment made on an open mic. Uh, never open mics are dangerous, Mike. We've, they, we've they, talked about it. They are. They really are. Um, but uh, first, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. So let's talk about Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco is the equivalent of hiring your father to be a backup quarterback for your team. Because, like, when you used to play football with your dad and he'd say go long, there'd be a point where he'd be like, no, 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 come back, right, because he can't reach you. Joe Flacco can't reach anybody over 40 yards in the air. Uh, he throws for six yards a pass, 55% completion percentage, he got paid three and a half million dollars. And ironically, some Eagles fans think it's a good signing. Uh, now, if he if you believe he's going to do a great job with Jalen Hurts, God bless you, because he did nothing with Sam Darnold. Uh, if you believe he could actually come in and win a game, then you are really delusional. This was such an overpayment by Howie Roseman. I can't even tell you. I couldn't stop laughing yesterday. Well, okay, the only one I can think of that was a bigger overpayment, and you'll know because I can't remember the name, but it was with the Jets, the veteran quarterback that they paid over $10 million bucks, who was basically like a, a quarterback coach. Oh, it was. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And McCowan? Yeah, Josh McCowan. Josh McCowan. Even Josh. McCowan is light years better than Flacco. But Josh McCowan was actually, you know, somebody who could help out a young quarterback. He really could. He actually, when he was there, he actually made good strides with with Darnold and 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 the others. I now, think he was there for. He for think he was years. there for two hmm? years. First two years of Darnold. Yeah, two. Okay, well. And he got paid. And, and like, he did do something. He actually did help him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he got paid. Not going to help at all. He got paid ten million bucks as a backup, and it was you know. know. But but honestly, it's like for once in their existence the bills actually did something smart for the first two years of josh allen they had matt barkley as the backup barkley was Barkley's a smart guy like you you that's all you have him there for yeah smart guy happy go lucky guy never was going to challenge allen for the job um but it helped out allen you know it was a, basically the shoulder to cry on or whatever but if barkley got on the field he could complete some passes and do something Right. Flacco literally was a three and out guy. And it doesn't matter what team he's on. It doesn't matter the tools. And look, the Eagles aren't that good of a team. Anyhow, it, if you if you see a Jalen Hurts injury and Joe Flacco comes on the field, just change your, just change the channel. They're done. But but the, the, the point I was making was for the first couple of years of Allen, there was no threat there. And I don't think the signing of Trubisky. Uh, that they did last week was is a threat, but but no. the, yeah, but the GM came out and said, God forbid if Josh Allen gets hurt, we need a guy. Since we're a Super Bowl contender, we need a guy who can step in and at least fill the gap. Joe Flacco is not there to fill the gap, and the and the Eagles are not a Super Bowl contender. They want somebody to be a coach without being a coach, 
And as you said, I don't think Flacco did a great job with that in New York. So yeah. and Denver too. Uh, Randy said Denver. He was horrible too. Now the other thing, football wise, and then I got one other point before we start. The other thing, football wise, today that I, I laughed at for everybody who is a fan of the Washington football team and hoped that the scandals that were revealed last year would get Daniel Snyder to sell the team. Screw you is what Daniel Snyder, Snyder is saying because he just bought out all the minority owners and he is the sole owner of the franchise. So he is not going anywhere. I wouldn't do I wouldn't I, I wouldn't actually doubt it if they brought the Redskins back, if they brought the name back since he has control. No, they're not gonna do that. But the league approved it. Let's just say it like this. The NFL doesn't care. Mm -mm. That's all. Nope, they don't. Plain and simple. Uh they're always going to have scandals. They'll just, you know, wait until they die out. This is Snyder's way of probably because his partners were saying, we don't like what's going on. And he was probably like, fine, I'll just buy you out. Yeah. And that is the way that the NFL is at the moment. If they ever get low on cash, that league is going to be in trouble. We all know it. Yeah, but they're never but they're never gonna get low on cash. No, no, you never say never, Mike. Well, a hundred and ten billion dollar TV contract. Yeah, but you just you never say never. Something there's always there's always something new that could come along. It's mm. probably not gonna happen in our lifetime, but you right. never say never. Exactly. Now the the last thing before we start. Um some of you are watching this on YouTube, and I like I like YouTube and YouTube is a great vehicle. Um but they're getting a little overboard with their commercials. If you don't have the premium version of YouTube, and now for example, um, Phil Collins did a, uh, a sort of a mini podcast thing, six episodes, and you know every time it comes up on my timeline, I'll listen to it. I'll fast forward through it. Right. Well, it's maybe a twenty-minute video. There are six commercials on it. So yeah, I'm, listening to, I'm listening to it, and all of a sudden, in the middle of a sentence, the commercial pops up for Ford or for Budweiser, and you have and you have to you can't even skip the ad anymore. And if you're driving along, you have to look off your look off the, the driving on the road to hit skip ad. I mean, it if if there's an ad at the beginning, that's fine. If there's a couple ads, one at the end. That's fine. People can skip by them. But th what they're doing is they're making it impossible for you to skip by the ad. You know what the answer is? I'll tell you what the answer is. My answer is I own the content I buy. So I keep the CDs. I copy the CDs to an iPod or my computer. I listen to that. I never listen to any of that stuff off of YouTube unless it's just one song. And I don't deal with any of those commercials or anything. I don't listen to any of the online services. Well, I don't deal with commercials when I'm listening to music. I would, do, I would do that if it was if it was just music, but it was sort of like a, a podcast, like a document. Yeah, yeah. So you you know, and the thing was the thing I made the mistake is when you click on it uh, off of Facebook, it gives you a number of options in terms of services like Spotify or Google Podcasts. I'm going to go to those from now on because the commercials are absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, yeah. YouTube, you got to change because that's ridiculous. All right. Uh, you trying to make a living, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Jesus. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, we have to start with the the story of the day, and that was the uh, relieving of referee Tim Peel uh, after he was caught on an open mic last night. Now, 
Okay, I listened to it a couple times. Basically, what and I I know that at the point that the the he his comment was made, I believe Nashville was leading one nothing, and he, what he basically said was, um, I have to and he dropped an expletive in the middle of it. I have to give Nashville a call, uh, basically a call to balance things out, which right. Russ, after, you know, dropping the, the, dropping the curtain, people like me for eons who've been hundred years, for, <laughs> yeah, who've, who've said there is an agenda in the NHL to one, a uh, give, uh, preferential treatment to star players and also balance out penalties. Um, and, and in my mind, keep teams that are behind in the game because games that are close are more interesting to watch. What Peel said was exactly an indicator that that is the case. Yeah. I, I the biggest thing or the biggest takeaway for me is when coaches say it, and I've heard him say it many times, don't let the game be decided by the refs. That's sort of what they're talking about. Because if you even get close to a guy and they're getting close to a makeup call, you're going to get victimized. They can't always do it, though. They can't just make up a penalty. So they don't do that. But there are enough close infractions that can be ignored or the whistle be swallowed when it's, middle of the third period, late third period, overtime, or the playoffs, we've all known this. This is just everything we've always known just has been confirmed. No. El Guapo is just trying to goad me into a rant here with this, this stupidity. Um, but, okay, but the, here's, here's the statement. Uh, now, it happened last night. Um, I heard it on you know the morning shows. I listened, I listened to it myself off of, off of Twitter. The NHL was rather swift in their justice. Uh, National Hockey League Senior Vice President of Hockey Operations Colin Campbell announced today that referee Tim Peel, following his comments during the game last night between the Red Wings and the National Predators, no longer will be working NHL games now or in the future. Nothing is more important than the ensuring the, the integrity of our game, Campbell said. Tim Peel's conduct is a direct contradiction to the adherence of the cornerstone principle that we demand of our officials that our fans, players, coaches, and all those associated with our game expect and deserve. There is no justification for his comments, no matter the context or his intention, and the National Hockey League will take any and all steps necessary to protect the integrity of our game. What a load of crap. Now, first of all, I'll just say this. Uh, I think it was Elliot Friedman that reported. Tim Peel is retiring. Tim Peel, by this statement, some people think he's being fired. It doesn't say he's being fired. He's saying they're saying he is not going to be refereeing any he's games. He's just not refereeing, Mike. He's right. just not so, fired. He's not so, refereeing. Right. So they're going to allow him to retire. He's going to collect his pension and everything else. And what they're what they're talking about here is again the curtain being dropped and them saying. Okay, a referee coming out and saying during a game, I got to give the team that is ahead a penalty to keep the other team in the game. I don't know how it can be, uh, how any other inference can be drawn from that, Russ. No, I can't. I mean, that's that's essentially, he's like, look, I know it's not a great penalty, but this is why I did it. Um, we know why you did it. <laughs> he, um, 
he is a sacrificial lamb at the moment, but he's going to get his pension, and that's good. Yeah. The N- the NHL looks like they did swift justice. Fine, but it's but 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 it okay. It's I'm going to remain the optimist though and say, I hope this does does lead to change because now Ray Ferraro is talking about it and others are talking about it and saying what needs to be done. So I'm going to remain the optimist on this one and say, I hope this will create some change in this in the way they deal with it. Okay, and 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 see that this is what I'm talking about here, and we've seen this many a time and you as i said this to you and you said well there's some exceptions to the rule it's not it's not always the case but say for example pittsburgh jumps out to a three nothing lead on the sabers which is would be no shock because the sabers are terrible okay based on that and we've seen this many times the team that is trailing you know will get the next power play or the next couple power plays and it's not the you know it's not all of a sudden because Pittsburgh is getting cheap. It's because I think the referees want to keep the game close. I, so I mean, if that agenda changes and penalties are called based on merit, based on a player trips another player, and it's called, bravo. But do I believe it's going to happen? Not a friggin' chance. No I'll say it like this. I've seen some games this year where teams have gotten like four or five consecutive power plays. So I don't think it happens 99% of the time, but I do think it happens 75% of the time. So if it happens less, then this will be a positive. And we'll all say, hey, this was great. But note to everybody, always tap the mic and say, is this on? It's You may sound dumber if it is, and you get heard saying that, but it's worse for the outcome. People used to get made fun of, if you remember a decade ago, for just saying, is this on? I would rather get caught saying, is this on, than anything else that happens after. Well, I think, I think I'm pretty sure what happened was he called, you know, he did the, you know, number 35, two yes. minutes tripping. And then they were going to a break and he kept the mic on by accident when they were going to break and it was caught on the air. They think that's what it was. So, I mean, it wasn't like he, you know, in the middle of play or something like that, you know, or something. No, was, no, no, I, I didn't think it was. But but all, 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 I, all I can say is, um, you know, we have lived through a time in the playoffs where if you didn't break a bone or draw blood, there wasn't going to be a penalty call. I remember a, I think it was like Chicago, Minnesota. This was like in the 80s, so the first round series. And they were just like destroying each other out there, hacking and slashing and tripping, and, the, and nothing was called. And right. it, playoffs have gotten better now. They're actually calling playoff uh, penalties in overtime, and it's not murder. It's an actual call. But – I, I don't know the 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 refereeing and the officiating in the NHL. Um, I have problems with the NFL because basically you could call holding or pass interference on, on almost every call. The NBA has a star system where if you even touched Michael Jordan, you got called. Or yeah. now if you even touch LeBron James, you'll get called. Um, we know in baseball, we were talking about it yesterday. How umpires had a strike zone the, the as. Big as a Mack truck. Who was the guy in the in the playoffs? Uh, Eric Gregg was it? Eric yeah, Gregg, Eric Gregg. with, with uh, Levon Hernandez, where yes. the ball was four feet outside, and he was going strike one. I mean, it's yes. 
you know, so there's anomalies in every sport, but I just think hearing it coming out of the mouth of an official during a game, I mean, that's the reason why the NHL responded so quickly because they can't deny that this is something that is inherent in officiating in their game. And now they're sort of covering it up. Yeah. I mean, again, nobody's buying the cover up. They could do whatever they want. When you have someone like Ferrara that's coming out and saying, listen, just call the rule book. That's what we'd all like. But again, when does any sport just call the rule book? If that were the case, the NBA would have a foul or an infraction every 10 seconds. So they changed it all just so traveling's different and everything's different. Again, we don't want them to do that in the NHL, but if we think they're going to call the rule book the way it is, you're yeah. crazy. I mean, do you, okay. Coming out of the lockout, you remember how penalties were, yeah. went up incrementally. They went up like crazy and it was all this obstruction holding or yeah. whatever. Okay, did anybody like the fact that the game was like essentially 12, 13 power plays? No. No, that sucks. As a fan, watching power play after power play after power play stinks. Yeah. But I don't think you're ever going to change players trying to get an edge by hooking a little bit or by impeding another player. It's never going to stop. Well, there's an art to showing the ref, look, look, I'm not doing anything and you're still doing something. Right. I get it. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's you know. Ak, I'm sure Ak will have a, a thought on this when he comes in in a few minutes. Um, but let's talk about the game that you were at last night. Uh, the New Jersey Devils held on for a four-three victory over the Philadelphia Flyers, but the score was they not, dominated the game. Right, the score was not indicative of the of the game because it was pretty much a a New Jersey Devil domination for 55 minutes, and then they sat back to try to protect the lead, and they gave up a couple late goals. Yeah, what I what I looked at. Right us watching most of that game is the Flyers defensive zone coverage is bordering on inept and that is really I say it speaks a lot to what's oh, going on. Oh, when you have three guys on the same side, it's holy too. Yeah. Holy shnikes. I mean it was I mean the Michael McLeod goal, he he went through uh the uh, the uh, the Flyers defense like a hot knife through butter, and the other three goals were basically tic tac toe plays where the Flyers defense w wasn't impeding passes, wasn't positionally in the right place. They were all over the place, and yeah, Nat in the chat, Eric Gustafson is a train wreck. We said, we it, said it when he was signed. Yeah, and, and and right now it's like so two of your six defensemen are guys who are quote. Challenged in the well, I mean, look, Gustav is light years better than Gustafson. If that right. makes you feel better, and and it shouldn't because you don't want him on the top pairing. Here's the my takeaway from yesterday's game: No matter what happens, you're always going to have a game. Not have a, have a game. You're always going to see games with Carter Hart in there giving up three or four goals. That is the norm for this year. I'm not going to tell you what the blame is. Whether it's him, it's the defense, it's all of it, it's some of it. It doesn't seem to matter. At the end of the day, he's given up three or four a game on average. Go look it up. That's what he's doing. And it's been like this for a little while now. So I don't think that's changing anytime soon. I actually thought on, I want to say it was maybe the third goal, that he dropped his shoulder again. And when you do that, you make yourself smaller in the net, and it's not good. So get past that. Jake Voracek. 
I think they have to get rid of him at all costs. This even means if they have to entice Seattle to take him. Yeah. And, and that's, that's going to be a tough nut to crack because he's he's making, I think, 8-6. Yeah. But and, I mean, yeah. you have to make every effort because you have to somehow break up Giroux and Voracek. It is bad for the look of the team. It is bad for the uh, distribution of the puck or times that a guy touches the puck because when Voracek's on the ice, he has to have the puck, right? But yeah. at the end of the day, he doesn't know what to do with the puck anymore. He knows how to get up the ice. He knows how to get around defenders and everything else. And then there's this moment where now he has to figure out what he's going to do. At this point in his career, it's not a good thing for him because there's not enough players around that sort of vibe with him that can play with him. Even Giroux, they tried to go back with him, and it's just not working. It doesn't matter that he has 25 points. He'll always get 65 points in this league, 60, 65, right around that thing. He'll never get in the 80s again. But the idea is the amount of ice that he's – that he, the amount of time on the ice, his shooting percentage is horrible, and even though he is a pass-first guy, the problem is – you don't know when he's going to pass it. Like I saw one yesterday. I think it hit um, Konechny on the stick, and it and it hit it. By the time Konechny was realizing the pass was coming to him because Voracek had skillfully gone down the ice and broken through the zone, mm. it hit like the upper shaft of the stick, and it just bounces away. And and this is what happens with Voracek, and they don't know what to do with him now. Yep. He, you know, he's he's back to being a minus again. He's back to barely playing defense, and I mean barely. He's doing it, but barely. Uh, there's well, just so many things. The giveaways are more than the takeaways, as usual. Well, he, he, here, okay, here's the reality that uh, the Chuck Fletcher has to face. Vorchek's got three more years after this year at eight and a quarter. That's almost immovable. Even for yeah. Seattle, I mean, you'd have to probably give up a first-round pick and something to get them and, and even then I don't know whether they take him because if if it you know he's a still a productive forward but not to the point of eight and a quarter million dollars so you know maybe you would have to retain to get them to take 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 him on um but the reality here is Giroux's got another year left in his contract so if he's starting to slip then you've got money maneuvering room You've got two more years of Van Riemsdyk, and Van Riemsdyk has redeemed himself a little bit this year. With yeah, I mean, at this point, you could deal. He's not the biggest problem anymore. Right. Um, but your pro the problem here is your best player is Couturier, and he's yes. sixth on the team and forwards in terms of money at $4.33 million. He is going to expect to make more. Oh, he's going to want bang. He's going to want everything to this team. He's going to want, I would say, eight and a half to nine million a year. Yeah. And if they don't give it to him, he's going to go someplace, someplace else, and they're going to rue the day. And the thing is, they're going to have to clear out not only Drew, because you know there are other players that they're going to have to sign as well. They may, they still, I don't think they're getting ready to do Drew yet, but I think it could be coming down the line. Well, I mean, uh, they, they could. Okay, if Drew wants to stay, maybe he's a guy who. Takes a takes a not a veteran minimum, but takes like a lesser deal, like Charles. Probably would look. He's still great on faceoffs. He's right. one of these guys that if he's not scoring, he does so many other things. It's right. not like Jake, where literally you have to have him 
get points or there's not much else to his game. So Giroux after next year, in fact, the fact is after if this summer, he could sign an extension if he wanted to, or if they wanted right. to, you know, they could sign him to make flip. He's five got his family here. I think he would do it cheaply. Right. I, I do. But, but as far as the other things, Alex. here's what I believe will happen down the line. And I've been talking to some people and haven't been getting any pushback on it. I think at the end of the day with Travis Sanheim and Phil Myers and Come two years from now, only one of those players will be there. One of those players is not going to get, you know, what they think is a big contract for a defenseman. It's not going to work out. They're not going to have the money, and the pairing isn't working out. Yeah. And you don't know whether develop the, their development cycle is not on the same level together either. Well, okay, and you're not saying this, I am, but looking strictly at the cap, Sandheim is up for a contract this summer and mm -hmm. Myers is under contract and he's a righty. He's under a contract for two more years. That would lead me to believe that Sandheim is the guy. I think he's going to get traded too. I do. Yeah. So um, I know he looks at connecting being traded. I, I do think there's a chance because he really hasn't done great under AV. There's been moments, but not enough. And so that's another player that could be traded. I understand Chuck Fletcher is looking for like this big home run trade that probably isn't happening at this trade deadline. And Flyers fans have to kind of decide if they're going to deal with them doing something minor because they're not going to sell off everything either because they still think they're close. But like to answer Cam, they're not going to send Carter Hart back to juniors. That would never happen. Nobody would ever do that. That's impossible to happen. But sitting him in the AHL is not going to help him either. At this point – you just need to continue to rehab him and play him less frequently. But you can only play him less frequently if you can play Elliot more frequently. But we're seeing what's happening again with Elliot because now he's getting exposed a little bit because of the compressed schedule. When Elliot was really doing great with the Flyers, the schedule games were more spread out, and you'd be able to get away with that a little bit more if you needed him to start four or five. So and that's an here, here is the dilemma that the Flyers are in right now, and you're gonna. The, Chuck Fletcher is holding a press conference at one o'clock, so we're gonna end the show right before one o'clock. Yeah. Um, the Flyers, after the loss yesterday, have 34 points. Uh, in the East, right now, the Islanders have 46, the Caps have 44, the the the, the Penguins have 40. Penguins have the Sabres and Devils 11 times in the last 24 games. That's half their schedule. So I'm telling you right now, I think the Penguins are making the playoffs, unless all of a sudden Buffalo becomes a juggernaut. They um, they have seemed to have turned the corner, and at the time they were turning the corner, the Flyers were, were getting worse. Now, here's the reality here. So they're six points or more behind three. Great, teams. I had breaking news. Go ahead. Anybody showing a COVID-19 vaccination card will get a free donut. Oh, at Krispy Kreme. Krispy right. Kreme. Yeah, great. I'm diabetic, so I thank thanks for that, Krispy Kreme. Listen, Mike, it's a free donut. Shut up. <laughs> you broke. You broke in the middle of my insightful news for our know. listeners. Sorry. Screw them and screw screw wow. Krispy Kreme. No, just kidding. Um, okay, but this, nice but this is this is the this is the point for the Flyers that it, that is reality. Uh, There's six points or more behind three teams in their division. All of them played played around the same games, 
as the as the Flyers. So I'm not saying they can't catch them, but with 25 games to go, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because they play the Devils. They play enough, like they play them four or five times. But I'm going to tell you something about the Devils. They're faster than the Flyers, and Miles Wood, when he plays against the Flyers, looks like he's shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Sometimes yesterday there was a play. I want to illustrate this because a lot of times people will be like, well, what's going on with Jack Hughes? He doesn't have enough points because your expectations were up here, right? Jack Hughes had the puck and he was going through the neutral zone. He was going down ice and Michael Raffle was right on him, maybe a step and a half or two steps away from him. As he kept moving up the ice, Michael Raffle was still that step and a half two steps away from him. He could never get close to him because that's how good a skater Jack Hughes is. The other stuff is going to come around, but that is a, is, is, an, is a gift that a lot of players don't have. And so those kinds of players are hard to cover. Miles Wood may not be a great finisher, but he gives them trouble. You know who else is starting to give the Flyers trouble? Ty Smith. Ty Smith is really coming into his own. And I know I talked about him for years and this one, he's making me look good, but I don't think, it, it's all him, really, and I just I believed in him maybe earlier than some, but but he is kind of turning into a hell of a defenseman. And I got to tell you, that game Subban looked a little better than I had seen him before. He successfully sealed off a play in the defensive zone. I didn't think he could do his his passing was a little better. He's still not a threat offensively or anything. He had one shot on that and he missed a sh- couple shots, but he was better. But and I I was focusing. And you were at the game. I know that you. I asked you about Vatnin and how he played, but Kulikov didn't even notice him. Yeah, Kulikov wasn't exactly. I mean, let's just say this: these two guys who have, you know are, have been talked about in rumors, they're depth guys. This is you're trading them for third, fourth round yeah. pick. It's not you're not getting a lot for him. Kulikov it's not played be, second pairing yesterday. Yeah, right. They're probably they're probably showcasing him in a way. Yeah, Vatnin's playing third pairing. That's how badly he's played and. I, I spoke to a scout who said nothing but bad things about the way Votman's playing. So his market value is down, down, down. Right. So uh, now, okay, the Bruins are in fourth place in the East, two points ahead of the Flyers, but they have three games in hand. All right, and so I'm going to tell you something. Al Morgani said something locally. Yep. You will laugh at this. He His basic premise was, well, maybe the Bruins will continue to stay screwed up because of COVID, and that's how the Flyers can make the playoffs. No faith in the team whatsoever. And from Al, that's that takes a lot to get him to have no faith. He is basically just hoping that COVID ravages the Bruins and they never get to full strength, and that's how the Flyers get in the playoffs. He didn't say it like that, but I'm just saying that's the – That's your only hope. That's your hope. Okay, but, but here <laughs> uh, – the Rangers have played the same amount of games – and they're two points behind the Flyers. And if you look at goal differential, and they play the Rangers, still. right? And if you look at goal differential, every one of the teams in the top six in the East is a plus, except the Flyers. They're minus fourteen. The Rangers are plus twelve. Now that doesn't mean anything in and of itself, but I'm just saying the indicators are there in terms of the Flyers that they're in deep trouble. So yeah. okay. I, I will say this: Matt's asking me about Connor Bedard. Let's worry about his draft year few years from now i haven't even seen him live yet i haven't seen enough of him on video yet yeah give the kid time i know he's great i hear great things from people that's, that i that's trust the, that's the 15 year old in the western hockey league yeah right? let's exceptional stats yeah i mean i'm not going to talk about him right now he'll be the number one pick in the 2023 draft when we get closer right. to that we'll talk about it yeah, yeah um yeah. so okay one thing last night i saw a little bit of the 
uh, Blackhawks Panthers game, but the the most um, uh, newsworthy thing was that Barkoff didn't play because of a lower body injury. It didn't oh. sound like it. It didn't sound like it was like a day to day thing. It sounded like this was something serious. Uh-oh. And I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you right now. If the Panthers lose Barkoff for any lengthy period, that that kills them in terms of that Cinderella uh, season goes down the tubes. Yeah, I mean they've put together a really good season. You know they're getting production. You know Huberto's having a fantastic year. Uh, Hornquist has played wonderfully, but you lose that guy. That's your number one guy. I I don't yeah. see how you win. I will answer this from Vince Mike because it's Devils related. Um, the Devils just signed Tice Thompson. I did see him live last year. He and I saw him for a couple games. He really could hammer the puck. He's got a great shot. He doesn't have great speed, and so I do think he should get some AHL time, work on his speed over the summer. I don't think he's going to be able to help him right now. That's my feeling. But he is a guy that may be able to score goals at the NHL level. Yes. Yeah. Um, some interesting rumors I saw. Um, first one was a Jake for Tannen deal going to Florida. I can't. I can't. I cannot remember. It was somebody out of Vancouver. It was not like a you know. It was uh, like somebody from Sportsnet or TSN had said that there was some uh, chatter about a Jake Vertanen deal going to uh, Florida for Marcus Nudavara. Sign um, me up now. I'll, I'll trade for Vertanen and give that up as the, every time. Yeah, I mean, okay. Jim Benning cannot operate under the assumption that Jake Vertanen being traded is going to be like the next Cam Neely. Right. That you can't operate as a general manager in the in the NHL that way you have to get the best return that you can for defense for defenseman or a forward or a goalie and you just go that way is marcus nudavara the best return they can get for i mean the talk was danton heinen with anaheim that's a better return that's a better return but nudavara i mean okay they have jordy ben as a ufa they have uh, uh travis hamannick as a ufa that probably means that they're not going to re-sign these guys, and Nudavara is under contract. I think he's got another year. I'm looking right now uh, at Cap Central to see where he is. Let me just see Florida, Florida, Florida. Nudavara has one more year, $2.7 million. So he's under contract, and it's a reasonable amount. But he's I, – Russ, I, he's always struck me as a 5-6. He's a 6. He – He's not very impactful. He'll block some shots. He can move around. He's not going to score many points. But he's an average NHL defenseman that you can plug in. There is a tremendous still – I shouldn't say tremendous. There's still room for upside here with and especially in Quenville's system. And and the fact that you know he has that greasy nature and maybe he can handle – get the turnovers under control. He still has offensive talent now. He does need to be in close, but he also he's a decent-sized guy, and he can be physical. I still think there's something there for Vertanen, and that's why I would rush to make this trade. Yeah, and okay, not only Ben and Hamannick, but Alex Edler is also a UFA after this year. He's yeah. 35 years old. I don't. He'll know. probably sign with them again. He probably will, but I mean, there's there's been chatter that he might retire. He's 35. He's had a long career. You know, I think he could come back, and I don't know if he's going to make six million dollars anymore because they got to pay Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is an RFA, so they've got like 
two-thirds of their defense that is un, not under contract next year. So them getting a, a defenseman with term that's on a low amount would make sense. I just don't think New Navarre is that good. But if that's all they think they can get for Vertanen, I mean, then the market, really, the uh, uh, you know, the market for him is, is barren. Now, uh, Eck posted uh, – in his blog today about Jonathan Quick, we heard rumors about that earlier this week regarding Quick coming out of uh, from David Pagnot of the fourth period. Yeah. Um, Kyle Dubas is not this stupid. I'll just say that. Jonathan Quick. Okay. Jonathan Quick could be a Hall of Famer. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's won a Conn Smythe. He's a. Great- I think he probably is a Hall of Famer, and that's and that's it's it's hard to say because they don't put in a lot of goalies, but I think. He has distanced himself from others of his era. I guess. Yeah, he's. I mean, you know, unlike the other two goal, two Stanley Cup goalies like Osgood and Vernon and Barrasso, yeah. I don't think. I think there's there is a case for Quick that yeah. those players can't make. So I think he's a Hall of Famer. That being said, he's had su- numerous injuries over the over the last couple of years that have made him not even close to the goaltender he was. I would say five or six years ago. Now. And he can get snippy with the media, so imagine in Toronto how that might play. Well, I, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about that. Oh no, I'm not because I mean, I mean, I, I, I think right now, Russ, they're concerned more than any anything about the players' ability on the ice. Dion Phaneuf was just a delight in the locker room, wasn't he, Mike? Well, and they made him team captain, so it was. And then to talk to and. And I'm sure the equipment guy loved him. Hey, and me, and, me, and, me and Dion got got along famously. I even have a picture next to uh, Alicia Cuthbert. So, um, but the the point the point is this: is that Jonathan Quick is making five point eight million dollars for the next two years after this year. He has pretty much lost his job to Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson is cheaper and younger. And it, clearly, if there are rumors about Quick being moved, that tells you that. They want to make Peterson the number one. Jonathan Quick is not worth five point eight million bucks. No, I don't know if he's worth if they, if they retained up to half his salary. Whether he is better than Frederick Anderson? Now I know his playoff, uh, you know, record is fantastic, and Freddie Anderson's is not. But Jonathan Quick is significantly older, and significantly- I'd still rather have Anderson than Quick if that tells you something. Yeah, and, and, and so, it's, um, so, you know, this is not an up. And plus, he's got two more years. Yeah, this isn't like getting Glenn Hall um, with the St. Louis Blues and hoping he can win a Stanley Cup. I think Quick is even past that. Glenn Hall was an older guy, but I don't think he was as, as injured as Quick as yeah, that's the is, issue. This isn't Bauer and Sawchuck in 67. This isn't uh, Plant and, and, and Hall with St. Louis in 68. This yeah. isn't Jacques Plant going to the Leafs in 71 and having arguably the best uh, career year of any goaltender if you look the stats up. I mean, okay, if you put Jonathan Quick on a team that has a really good deal, like if you if you put Jonathan Quick on the Islanders, I think he'd be a pretty pretty good def- pretty good goaltender. Yeah. Uh, because he, he wouldn't he wouldn't have to and I'm not saying he would have to stand on his head with Toronto, but you know they're still a team that gives up chances. Oh no, absolutely. You know I think they're much better. And he's still athletic. Don't get me wrong. Quick yeah. is athletic. Uh, I think he's just a little too scrambly around the net these days. Yeah, and I mean, 
And, you know, I don't care if he's best friends with Jack Campbell and he likes Jake Muzzin. I mean, that's all fine and good. You know, they, I'm sure he would fit in, but it's it, the reality here is I think Kyle Dubas would rather go into next season if he doesn't decide to sign Frederick Anderson with $5 million in cap space to go after another goaltender than to be attached to Jonathan Quick for two more years. Two more yeah. years. No, I agree, but there is a lot of pressure on Dubas right now. I think it's more than you give it credit for because the way the Leafs were in first place, if for some reason they go through the same thing that they always have and get bounced unceremoniously, it's going to look worse, and it's going to play worse in the press too. And Fred, okay, today Frederick Anderson did not practice at the at the Leafs training facility. Their three goalies were Jack Campbell, Michael Hutchinson, and Ian Scott, who's on the taxi squad. Um, so, so David Ayers, he wasn't there. No, no, he was uh, he was uh, getting ready to plow the ice. Um, now well, he was there then? I, I, well, I don't know for sure. I, I don't know if he yeah, still has I'm that sure. job. I'm sure he's executive producer of his Disney movie, Russ. Yes, I'm with, sure he is. With Chris, with Chris Pratt playing. I hope he's getting there. points on the back end too. Yeah, Chris Pratt is going to play David Ayers. Um, you know, Chris so Pratt looks like he's never played sports in his life. But anyhow. Yeah, he's good as Scott Hatterberg in uh, in Moneyball. Did he actually play? I remember him being in it. I think he had to reach for the ball as a first baseman. I don't think he did much else in that movie. Well, I don't know how they dub it. Like, can they put in his face on somebody who's swinging at the plate? Because the swing when he hit the home the the home the home run. Yeah, they definitely could do that if they wanted yeah. to. Yeah, it looked like it looked like it was a okay. Anybody can fake unless you're Gary Cooper and Pride of the Yankees. Anybody can fake a, a, uh, yeah. a swing. Um, now the other thing was, and and uh, TSN on Insider Trading uh, continues to uh, promote the Michael Granlin to Toronto rumor, and uh, Dave Poulin, who I. I I respect as a commentator for TSN, former assistant GM of the Leafs. Um, you know, guy's got a lot of connections, a lot of knowledge. Um, he said that Granlund is a terrible fit for the Leafs, and I agree. I, that's what I've been saying. And we've, that we've been saying for a couple of weeks. Um, and the fact that, uh, you know, it, it could be a situation where, and right now, Granlund was mentioned a couple months ago. And the only reason you think he was mentioned was because the Leafs tried to sign him in the off season when they signed Simmons and Thornton and all these guys. And he went back to Nashville and got almost 4 million bucks. Well, that, you know, interest, maybe that means they're still interested, but not a 3.75 million and not a situation where he doesn't fit what the Leafs need. So it's really it would really, I really think that there's not a lot to this, but I can't I'm not ripping the people who are reporting it because I'm sure they're hearing it. But in terms of a fit for that particular team, it's not. Who are we talking about? Uh, Michael Granlin with Toronto. I, yeah. I the, the, rumor, the rumor keeps being out there, act, and it yeah. makes no sense because Granlin yeah. is not the type of player the Leafs need. He's just really not very good, honestly. Right. I mean, you really, the reality is for the money they're spending for him, he's just really not all that good. Um, I agree. I um, one, of, one of the things I was doing while I was gone, and I'm so sorry, guys, for being late today. This is rumor time, and it's crazy. I'm going to be updating the rumor chart, writing a really big rumor story right after this thing. Um, you guys are amazing. Thank you, Russ and Mike, for doing this. You're welcome. Can't thank you enough. Um, 
Okay, so um, the Leafs are the Leafs are are the front for Connor Garland. That's that that that's their guy, and and it may we've talked about why it makes so much sense on so many oh. levels. Obviously, um, if they get Connor Garland, you can probably like hand them the cup. Like I, 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 I know you hate when I say anything like that, Mike, but I'm just saying that I think you know adding adding um, adding Connor Garland to yeah. the Leafs, and they are that is that is the guy they're talking about. So when Basically, well, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, like, and when you when you when you go back to the press conference that you went to with Dubas and stuff like that, you can just replace Connor Garland whenever he says we're looking for somebody, and it and it and it fits <laughs> with everything he said. You know, it fits in every possible way. We're looking for another guy. Um, you know, who's going? You know, it's he's really. <laughs> You know, and like, and I kind of have to say, go agree with what you said to us the other day, which is that you know, if they trade Connor Garland, you know, it's 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 what over. Are what are they? I mean, yeah, who are they? And how can Armstrong not see Connor Garland as a part of their future? Like, that's like he has to be a piece. Like, yeah. you know, these guys don't grow on trees, especially in Arizona for offense. They just well, don't. okay. Let's let's just um, I'll be quick on this, but let's piece yeah. this together because yeah. A Arizona is bereft of draft picks because of because of the the, the Dale, Taylor Hall deal and because of the penalty because of the cheating. Um, you know they they've lost first round picks. They've traded first round picks, second round picks. They have a ton uh, of draft. They, they they don't have a ton of draft capital. Right. Uh, they also have three, four, five, six, five five unrestricted free agent defensemen: Golagoski, Yarmolson, Demers. Esterly and Correct. Labushkin. Correct. So they need bodies. Now Soderstrom is coming. Yep. And in a deal here, if it was Toronto, it would probably be a first round pick. It's going to be a first round pick for sure. And, and most likely Timothy Lilligren. Right. As part of I, so Lilligren yeah. would be in the NHL this year for them. And, you know, along with, Ekman Larson and Soderstrom, you've got a whole Swedish connection there. It makes a lot of sense. And probably another draft pick on top of it. And the whole reason the Leafs would do that and give it is because Garland, they can fit him at $775,000 under the cap. Which, again, would still be highway robbery if that were the trade. Yes. And, again, yeah. it would just yeah. – it, it makes me sad. The hockey fan in me just makes me sad that – this is what would happen, and a team like Toronto would get a player like this for a player they're not using. Now, it doesn't mean yeah, it would, yeah, you would have to, I would have to think, honestly, it's got to be more than that. You because, would have to hope. Because there's other teams that will put more than that out there. Um, well, you know, I mean, but, yeah. Because anybody can fit Garland in. Like, he's a simple guy to fit into your kind of oh, yeah. Well, that's, why, that's why I think it would have to be more than just the first round pick because they don't have because the oh, it was more than a first round pick and more, but more than like one first round pick perhaps you know it could be uh, like no no the, the I'm not gonna say a first I'm not gonna say two first round picks but like a first a second and and yeah. little, something yeah, like that possible there you're yeah, closer to like where you have to be I, I think, think I think that's and, and okay because right now this is Arizona Arizona does not have a first and a third and a seventh next year. I think, I think the Leafs would probably give them a first, a third, and Lilia Grin, and maybe something even on top of that. If the deal right. was, if the deal was bigger than that, that you know, meaning like if they, if yeah. a guy like Kerfoot was added in, is what Russell, you could, you could see a loss in Kraus be included in that deal because he, yeah. yeah. he could provide the beef. But uh, honestly, 
I think that that makes sense a lot more than than a Michael Granlund who has just really not played that well over the last three years and is making five times what Garland is making. Obviously, the Flyers are the other big story that we're that's going on. Um, I'm sure you guys discussed them. Yes. Um, and and you know we have the big press conference or whatever the availability coming up for Fletcher at one o'clock, right? Yeah. And um, that's why we're that's why the show's early. Uh, I don't know what's coming. Um, but um, you know, I don't think I don't think it's going to be anything giant. I think it's going to be a general, you know, well, he is going to announce that they signed Max Wilman to a two year deal starting next year. He is going to announce that to try and disarm the crowd. And this it's not is a really work. bad time for him to do this. Um, if he doesn't no, have no, but it's something that he's going to try and disarm. If he doesn't have something good to say, because like, he's going to yeah. be, he's, he's going into like the, the, after last night's game, he's going into the, you know, into the fire. Like he should, I don't know that I would have done this um, unless he's got something bigger to do, bigger to say, or something to give people. But I don't get the impression he does. Fletcher's not – and one thing I I really have never thought Fletcher's very good at reading a room. No, I agree with that. You know, so I this is this is going to be an interesting – this is going to be an interesting press conference um, or there's whatever. There's going to be contention. Yeah, there's going to be contention. There's going to be – He's a very calm guy. The tension is going to come from the writers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I really think that that's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch or you know listen to for our in our case or zoom in on. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think that we've got a lot. Um, the Flyers after last night, you know, that could have been a bit of a game changer for them. Another, you know, another another loss, another tricky spot. There is still a lot of season left. They're going to say that. Um, oh, they could say it, but not nobody. Al, um, this is what Al Morgani said. Eck. He yeah. said. And, and again, nobody's a bigger homer than Al, and this is how much he's bailed on it. He goes, well, maybe yeah. COVID will continue to cause problems for the Bruins, and that's how they'll get in. That's <laughs> his hope. And the Flyers will, you know, they will use the excuse of that COVID destroyed them because they had six guys oh, out at the same time, and that did break the momentum. They were flying high. They were in first place for a while there, and, and they did get, you know, this definitely – and it's not – not legitimate, but at the same time, it, it did affect everybody. But it did affect the Flyers in a in a bad way with with a lot of players at the same time. You know, so who knows? I mean, if nothing else. It shouldn't have affected the goaltending. Yeah, yeah. The goaltending is going to be, and I think that question he's going to be talking to talking about as well. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, one of the things that was thrown out there was the idea of Carter Hart going to the Phantoms for a they're little. They're not going to do that. No, I don't think they're going to do that either. Um, these are some of the rumors that are flying around. I don't, yeah. I don't worry into that at all either. Um, they obviously, you know, and I don't think we're, but I don't think we're going to be seeing a coach firing or anything like that. Like that's no, we're other. not going to see a coach firing. So I mean, this is this is obviously not the way that's going to happen. So um, I just retweeted the Paul Stewart uh, column from Hockey. Buzz. Yeah, it's really good. Check it out. Yeah, definitely take a look at that. Um, and all right, I'm I'm going to run so I can set up my computer. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. All um, right, and, and I'll just uh, I I touched on this before. Yeah. Um, just to just to finish here, uh, the the uh, thing that you posted about uh, about Jonathan Quick. I, I, yeah. I, I know. I really like, okay. I know that it's out there, but from what I've heard, there really is nothing to it from the from the Toronto perspective. They're not. They're not into the thing that kills them. Like if if Quick was a one year rental and Anderson was out 
for what they thought was a lengthy period and they could right. maybe bury yeah. him on LTIR, then I think this would be viable. The problem is this the two more years of quick and the significant drop off that quick has had over the last couple of years. Even well, if yeah. even if the Kings retained two million bucks and he was a under four million dollar goaltender, I don't think he's viable. I think he is at that point. Um, and I think this only happens if Anderson's injury is bigger than we think and and he is going on LTIR. That's that's in my opinion, if Anderson goes on LTIR, this is their move because they and, and it has to be the Kings have to retain money, but this is their move because they are a Stanley Cup contender. And you need to bring in a goalie, either Holtby or Quick, in my opinion. Well, I, I, I've got one other potential option. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's a team that normally uh, the Leafs would never trade, or the, this team would never trade with the Leafs, yeah. and it's the Buffalo Sabres. But since it's since it's since um, they're in the different divisions right now, and this guy is a rental, Yeah, uh, Linus Allmark. Linus Allmark is, is now back healthy. He's making $2.6 million. Um, Very good goalie, but it's a hell of a lot of pressure to put on him. You know, like that. I mean, this is you're you're looking for the guy who's going to win you a Stanley Cup, Mike. You know, and he's like, you, that, that's why you look at guys like Hope being quick because in the past, you know, we have seen it happen that goalies who have success, you know, in the playoffs know how to win. It, it's just, I mean, the uh, only co- the only Omar's co- a good solution. Yeah, going and the it. summer, you know, but but if, they for, trade, but if they trade for Quick, then then they're they're locked in with Quick and Campbell. Because quick, because quick is you know got two more years. Allmark, I mean, if, okay, let's say they might be able to move Campbell and and sign Allmark. That's possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they want to move. They can't, I don't. I don't think they want to move Campbell. Campbell is somebody that Dubas is known going back to Sault Ste. Marie. He likes him. The team likes him. I think he's cheap. Um, yeah. I think if they, if they're gonna go with a one A one B next year, if they decide to move on from Anderson, it's probably gonna be a guy like Omar or somebody that they trade for through Seattle in the expansion draft. I don't see them going veteran uh, with somebody who's got term left because they've got other players that they want to sign, like Riley, like Hyman. So the other thing I have to talk about real quickly, um, yeah. we'll talk, I'll jump into that a little bit later so we can continue on because. That's what, this is our job. We should be doing this. <clears throat> I'd rather be here. Um, we got Bill Meltzer in that press conference anyway. So, all right. Um, the other thing I'll say that is really interesting is there is pressure, I'm being told, from the Molson family um, to, to make a trade for Ekholm. And the reality is, you know, that's a really hard thing to pull off. He doesn't have the money to do it. Uh, he doesn't have the salary cap money to do it. He's got to make something. It's well, a perfect, absolute perfect fit for for Montreal, no question. He does, he does if they put if they put Sherratt on LTIR. They said that the yeah that the uh, the time frame for I think it was a broken hand or broken wrist is eight weeks, which right. is close to the end of the season. So they could do basically what uh, Tampa Bay is doing with Kucherov, and and hold them out until the beginning of the playoffs, and 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 put them on LTIR and open up the space that way. Yeah, and I think that that could that could be how it plays out. I really do. Um, yeah, but but oh, okay. If you and I heard, I, I think it was, I think it was uh, Ray Ferraro that suggested this. So I'm not uh, purloining right. from anybody. If I am David Poyle, and Mark Bergevin calls me and says I want Ekholm, the first name out of my mouth is right. Caulfield. And if he says no, then I hang yeah. up the phone. 
My, they're not going to move Caulfield in this well, deal. I mean, they don't want to, but if you, this is a, this is an all-star defenseman who's got term left in his contract. And if you're saying the Molson family is putting pressure on, yeah, I mean, it could happen if that, if, if they feel that Caulfield is, and we don't know if Caulfield is an NHL player. Like we, we definitely know that he's an unbelievable college player. Right. Um, but we've had, um, we've seen unbelievable college players not become unbelievable NHL players. Right. So the question is, can those skills translate? To the NHL level, it feels like they can because he just that's, has that like. But that's the Nashville is probably going to be willing to take. I mean, you know, and, but, yeah, for Nashville, I mean, he would be an incredible. He would he would be the perfect kind of player to do this with because he would be an exciting player to bring in. He would right. be um, he'd probably be fired up to be there. Um, you know, he, he's kind of I think wouldn't mind playing in Nashville. He's got that kind of personality, and I think you know I always thought Montreal was a good little bit intense for Cole Caulfield um, from the t- two times I've talked to him. But you know, I, I think Nashville would be pretty, pretty good. I'm not saying he can't handle it, but I just think that that's that is such a it's going to be such a pressure cooker on him. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to yeah. find out. With also, we might see him play. I mean, we're going to see him play before the trade deadline. It sounds like, right? So, the uh, reality is, if uh, we do, then we'll, we'll have at least a little bit. I mean, it's hard to make that judgment that quickly, right? Um, you know, like 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 Johansson gets in last night for Colorado, looks terrible, right? In that game against Arizona. Um, and already, you know, they're saying that Colorado's got to make another move for another goalie. You know, this is first feel bad for the guys first game yeah, out. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, the, the funny thing was, I really thought that they were bringing in Johansson to be the taxi squad goalie because he's got NHL experience and he can go up and down. I didn't think that, you know, unless I, I don't know if Hunter Miska is injured. I mean, they, you know, that oh, they're just trying to mix in another goaltender to take some of the uh, the burden off of Grubauer. But I'm sorry, Joe Sackick, you've got to yeah. go out and get yourself a, a yeah. legitimate backup who can play games because Francis is doesn't sound like he's ever coming back, or at least not this year. Not and this year, yeah. And, you know, you gave up a fifth-round pick for Jonas Johansson. And if you read all the, the criticism from the Buffalo media that, uh, you know, basically they said he couldn't stop a puck in practice, let alone uh, during games. It's a shame. I mean, it's a really weird spot to put him in, right? Um, there is no news on Henry Lundqvist. It won't be this year, though. No. In fact. Um, and, 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 Randy, why, why would Calgary trade Riddich – to the abs when Calgary thinks that they're still in the playoff race. I don't think Cal, you know, I don't think Calgary is going to trade Bennett or trade Riddich or trade any other UFAs until they think closer to the deadline and they think that they're out of it. Right. Right. I mean, I think the, I think, I think Earl said something. This is interesting. What he says here. Um, I think this is very right on. Um, I think he's going to need that center to get in the puck in the NHL. Um, so he can do his thing. He, you know, the question is, is, is he, is he like Johnny Gaudreau or is he Danny Briere? You know, there's like, there's very different kinds of things there. Um, and I don't know which he, and he's not a center. So I mean, it'll be not we'll, we'll, we'll ask this question to, to Ross tomorrow. Cause he could give a better yeah. answer. On yeah. That. I would think he's closer to an Alex to Yeah. Like, is he to Yeah. Which is like a different, yeah, I think that's a good comparison. And then to I think, is, is obviously good, but does, does need something. I, I think, I think Hoffman is going to need something. It's, it's, because he's going to be too easy to key on him if he doesn't have other players on his line. And Montreal doesn't have that center right now. Right, they, they don't have that center. You know, Kotkaniemi, uh, yeah. I, like, I like Nick Suzuki, but I don't know if he's a good enough playmaker to really accentuate the positives of Caulfield. And right. Deneau is mo- mostly a two-way center, so I, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I do think we're going to see some really interesting uh, moves possibly coming up over the weekend. Um, 
they're, well, they're, we're getting close to that point right now. Well, one one, and I mentioned this last week, and I and I, I asked this to uh, of Kyle Dubas regarding uh, the inventiveness of trades in terms of last year they made the Leonard deal and Toronto retained over a million dollars in salary to make Leonard fit under Vegas's cap, and would they do that again? And he said anything was possible. Well, right. ironically, the team that uh, was the, the the originator of the deal was was Chicago. Um, because they had Leonard on, uh, on their roster, and he went through Toronto to Vegas. Chicago has got a ton of money on right. LTIR with Taves and Seabrook, and they right. could be the middleman in any deal with the Leafs if they have to. Right. If, go, if they don't go after Garland and they're going after somebody with salary, it might be Chicago who yeah. um, acts as the middleman in that deal. I like that. I like. I think. I think you're. I think you might be close on that one. I really do. Yeah. Um. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see what else I got. Oh, the other guy that's that is becoming um, suddenly very popular is is Felino. Um, he is he's out there, yeah. and he's definitely one of those. Uh, he's he's one. I think he's a B or C plan for Toronto. He, I, I think I think he would be, but the, the question is is whether Columbus believes they're in the race or not. Right now, they're two points behind Chicago for fourth spot in the Central. And if they think they're in the race, then they probably won't trade him or David Savard. Right, right. I think you're right about that. The the interesting thing about the price for Eric Stahl is I've heard there's only one place willing to pay anywhere close to what Buffalo would like, and that's Carolina. Like, And I think that the reality is Eric Stahl is worth more to Carolina than he is anybody else because um, he goes there and just what he brings with the emotion that he brings and the, and the, the you know, the history of, you know, this, this is the guy who was, you know, there with the Stanley Cup. I just think that – that's yeah. not what Carolina needs. There are they That's really what they need, but but a, but a good story, you know. And I think that it, it, at this point in his career, you know, that's really what he is 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 going to be more of like, you know, an emotional support animal. <laughs> I, think yeah, he, I mean, he okay in a way he replaces Justin Williams as that veteran, right? Guy. Right, and he's I mean he's and he's different than Justin Williams the way he plays. I mean, he's and, not going to, but you know, but he but he also has so much respect there. And his brother, and, his brother is there. So yeah, his brother, right? And so his, yeah, they, the, could, they, they, could Mark, they could trade for Mark Stahl and have all three brothers there. They, they, could, they could, they could bring the stalls all together and get the goal and get get the goalie in there. You know, um, well, that's the thing. If, if they do all this and they don't get the goalie, then what the hell? The hell's the point? I mean, it's just. Well, there's a stall goalie too, isn't there? There's like a kid, right? No, oh, right. no. The, the youngest brother was a forward, and he never made the NHL. Okay, only played like one game in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, see that—that's the thing. We have to—we have, to yeah. we'll have to watch out for Columbus. Maybe not selling right now because they're close. Um, Vancouver may be delusional and thinking that they're still in it when they played five more games than the fourth place team. Right. You know, all these things. I mean, and the 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 talk is the Leafs may be waiting around to see whether the seven the quarantine drops to seven days so they can make a deal with a. A, a, a American team instead of a yeah. Canadian team, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. risky because they don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, well, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to try to jump in on this on this uh, press conference. We will um, be back again tomorrow, hopefully without any any hitches, hit hiccups. Every time, like every time we plan the show today, you know, it would have been fine if it was one o'clock today, but it turned. <laughs> but uh, you never know. So anyway, um, you never know when people are going to start calling. So. That's the fun part of this time of year anyway. Remember without the buzz, folks, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.